Good morning. Today the Mimer takes us into a conversation about Ratsu and Shuv. Ratsu is the thirst one has towards something, the fervor, the excitement. That state that one has, the passion, the passionate emotional state, is probably not a good place or a good emotional state for one to start creating, for getting to work and making use of the emotion. Um, one would need to settle down his emotions and find the calm and comfortable place for him to make use of those thoughts and plans that he, or that excitement that he had in that emotional state. That second place where he's calm and getting to work is called the shuv. And they're both very important. They both work hand in hand because the passion is the fuel, the drive that comes behind all the work that will later be done in the shuv state. Without the passion, the shuv will be dry and probably won't last. So it's, they work hand in hand. This takes us back to the conversation we had in the last episode about Kiddush and Shechina, because these two markers of Ratzon and Shuv are woven into the fabric of every part of creation. And even in the spiritual worlds, we have the two partners, where one of them is constantly in a state of rising and excitement towards um, being elated or rising higher towards the heavens above its transcendent state. And while the other one takes the energy <clears throat> of the Kaidish, of that passion, passionate uh, emotional energy, and leads towards creation. They are described in many different ways. We talked about Ratzu and Shuv, we talk about Kaidish and Shechina. Other names that are often used in Kabbalah are the Shema and Shemban, which are also similar descriptions of this partnership. And or in more general terms, we have the name Eiris and Kalim. Eiris means lights and Kalim means vessels. And it's the same idea, really, because in, in, in spiritual energy, there is no, <clears throat> there are no, there are no existences that are not made of holiness. And every holy entity is energy. So it requires some understanding to, to see the difference between Eiris and Kalim and really takes us back to the same conversation. The difference, really, the underlying difference is that Eiris is that emotional state where one is striving to go higher because the lights that Hashem uses to create the world is the, is the passionate, excited fire that flames always upwards and always is striving to, to reach up to, towards its source. And not much can be done with that because in order for us to get work done, we need to have something practical that will settle down. And Kalim is the other way around, where it's the it's the state of settlement, and that it takes advantage of that air, that light, which was which is transcendent, but it has the ability to use that and uh, create with it. A better way of understanding the difference between Eris and Kalim is by um, considering the difference between thoughts and speech. Uh, the Rebbe describes to us how when one has a um, enlightened moment, and he really is excited about the thought that just came to him, you might be able to see that excitement on his face. Um, the, 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 the description for this in the Torah is going to say, adam panav, it's written, the chachma of a person shines on his face. <clears throat> but the, the chachma, the thought, that enlightened eureka moment would not be uh, you, you could not tell from the outside what he's thinking. You don't have any uh, appreciation for what's going on on the inside. You only have um, an indication that there was some special moment going on inside, but 
that's like the Ur because the Ur is not made to be used and it doesn't get watered down and that's part of the reason why it can't be used because it's so it's so strong the energy of the fire is so passionate it's very difficult to use that emotion um, and in the same sense if the Chachma were to come out in its pure form there wouldn't be anything to make of it so in order for it to come come to be made use of we have speech and what happens in speech is that you take those same thoughts and they go through a process in which when they come out on the other side they don't look like speech they don't look like thought anymore they're now separate entities they come out as words and words that come out and they leave your mouth are not the same anymore they do affect other things they have lasting effect and they make impact on foreign entities which you cannot change once they've left your mouth um but on the other hand although they have uh, some physical, or not really physical, but they have some practical uh, application, and you can see them, and you can see the what use you have of them. But they're not the same as the original form that they had when they had when they were still in the mind. So once they went through that process, you lost the original form, but you have a you have a more practical use of that form, while when you look at the light of the shine of the person's face it's the original form but there's much less use to it and that's a, that's the example that Abel Shab uses to explain Eris and Kalim because the Eir stays in its original form and in its original passionate form you may have the pure um the pure the, the pure energy of Hashem you may have a better feeling for the original uh Kayach of Hashem when we're talking about Eris, because uh, that doesn't change. It doesn't go through a process. Kalim have gone through a process, and once they've gone through the process and they come out on the other side, they're much more susceptible to changing from that original form on the other side, and therefore uh, they're, they're much more susceptible to ending up <clears throat> all the way into things that look so different from the original form down to towards what we see in creation, things that are actually... Uh, contrast, a, a terrible contrast to the world of Klippus, and which has no resemblance at all to Kedusha. And that's all because they came out the other side and they've changed forms. That's the idea of Kalim. While Iris are always striving upwards, Kalim is that settled place which doesn't have that that strong bond with the original form anymore, and therefore it changes. And another example that's used for this is the idea of here. Here, of course, uh, takes its energy from the scalp. It, the the here when it's pulled when when someone's here is pulled, it hurts because it's still connected. There's still some life form, and it comes directly from the brain. But there's no way at all that somebody would say that this brain that, that these here indicates what the person's thought is. There's a process that happens. Excuse me. There's a process that happens between the um, the energy that's inside the brain, and there's a separation between that and the and the feeling or the the life form that goes into creating here, or that's even inside the here, which is indicative, which is indicated by the pain that shows that it's still connected to that life source. Um, but nevertheless, of course, here is nothing like its original energy form, which is inside the brain. On the other hand, when that brain goes downwards through towards through the processing of the, the body has downwards through speech or through emotion or and becomes something practical and someone actually makes a creation with that thought he builds a whole house or or or, uh, 
draws a beautiful picture based on what the thought was. It went through another process, a completely different process. Um, and on the other side of the process, you can have some mirroring or some idea of what the original form was, but like to here, it's very different. If you want the original form, it won't be very usable. And that's the difference between Otis and Kalem, and why Otis will never have negative impact. In fact, it's very hard to get any impact at all, because when you get the Ur, when you're talking about Ur, you'll always have original form, and Ktusha never changes. But after it settles down into the Kalem, and Kalem don't have the same character as Otis, because Kalem come from a place where, where there's been some process to separate the the end from the original. And therefore, Kalem have the ability to create, and creation can sometimes take one all the way down to a place which is very, very different from the original form. Um, and that's how creation comes to be, our world, which is a world which hides the Shechina that, that creates it, the air that creates it, which originally is sourced in the Kodesh that rests inside the Shechina, is so far from the original form that it's almost impossible to see unless we have the Kayach of Torah or the, the, the secrets that Torah shares with us to see, to learn what, what is in hiding behind um, the creation of the world. But without that, it's almost impossible to see the original form that creates us at this very moment. I